You're listening to the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amswell. Welcome to another episode of the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amsoil. Shane Stetsny and Brent Smith here, as always. This is episode number five already of the 2022 Champ Off-Road season. And Brent, a couple weeks ago, we were in Anigo for rounds one and two. This time, we're going to, I guess, what would be the complete opposite of Anigo. We're headed to the big house, Crandon, Wisconsin. What are your thoughts on making that jump from a tight bullring to the wide open spaces of Crandon? Dude, well, I can't wait. I mean, I love short tracks to death, but at the same time, when you talk about the big house, I know that's your hometown, Shane. I love going to Crandon. I feel like that's home to me as well, even though I live in Bark River, but I just love everything about Crandon. Go from short track, we've seen a lot of banging and beating up on these trucks and these drivers. A lot of endos, a lot of crazy crashes, but now at Crandon, that can happen, but you go from tight and technical to wide, wide open, fast, speeds well over 100 miles an hour in the Pro 2, Pro 4s, and I can't wait to get it started. Yeah, you talked about the bumping and the banging. I think the drivers are probably ready to go to a place with just a little bit more space, where maybe they're not, you know, three wide all the way around the track like in some of our uh, side-by-side classes. Yeah, absolutely, and guys are going to go home, and they're going to do more changing to their cars and get their head set for wide open. I mean, you have to be really watching out for yourself, not only your car, but to keep your car together at Anago. At Cranon, you have a little breathing room, like I like to call it. You have the big, long straightaways. Not saying it's easy, but when you get on those straightaways, you get to actually take a deep breath. I mean, at Anago, you don't have any time to breathe. So I, I think it's going to be a big challenge for everyone. At the same time, it's going to be very fun, and I think we're going to see some great racing. All right, our guest this time on the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amsoil. He just picked up the big round two win in Pro Spec. It is Nick Visser. How are you doing, my man? Good. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing well, buddy. Yeah, just uh, we were just talking off mic or off uh, off recording a little bit. We're just excited for Crandon. Anigo was a good time, but um, a lot of people, I think they're ready for some more wide open space that Crandon offers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was thinking about it today myself, you know. Anigo is definitely closer to hometown, I guess, and closer to home, but Cran is definitely my hometown track. I'm way more comfortable racing there. Hey, so uh, like I said, round two, you picked up the, the win in pro spec. Uh, Saturday, you were leading. You had a mechanical issue that knocked you out of that race, but then you came back and won round two. You also had the fastest lap of the weekend for the whole class. Uh, is that, other than the mechanical problem, is that pretty much everything you hoped it would be for your first weekend in pro spec? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I know when I started out in stock truck and super stock, I started out way worse than that. So all I can do is be thankful that uh, we're able to get our issue figured out from Saturday and uh, get the finish and capitalize and take the win on Sunday. Hey, Nick, Brent here. Um, when you're running that, your new pro spec truck, I mean, I know you talked on the podium and you said it's totally different than super stock truck, but I mean, is was it a big challenge right away to like, not that you're going crazy, crazy faster than what you were because the super stock trucks haul, but at the same time, did you have to backpedal a lot to learn this truck? Yeah, it was definitely a lot different than uh, than kind of what I expected. Um, the biggest changes for me, you know, it does handle real nice, you know. Um, it lands so much smoother. Um, the steering is 
almost like it's not even there. You know, I'm so it's used to normal, there. almost like it, almost like a norf, normal truck. I mean, you can just touch the steering wheel with your finger and you're steering. So it's like I had a, when the first day of practice, I went to Crandon, I was going on the back stretch and I was just swapping back and forth because I, I couldn't slow my hands down fast enough <laughs> to keep the truck in a straight line. And the, you know, and the cockpit is so tight, you know, compared to the super stock, you know, we had big open cab in there and now you're getting here and I'm so crowded that, uh, you're just, you know, it's a lot to get used to. Yeah. When we were at Anigo, we talked to Billy Booth who moved up to super buggy from the two limited buggy classes. He actually said there was a lot of things that he had to unlearn, um, things that made him fast in the limited buggies that just didn't work, um, in the super buggy. Is there anything like that, that you've found already moving from super stock to prospect? You know, I like to tell people if this truck's like running a, like a 125 two stroke dirt bike. You're either in the power or you're not. <laughs> I mean, it's like once you're in that power, it's, it's screaming, it's crazy fast, but you, you just, I don't have the low end to just dump it into a corner and just pull out at the bottom. You know, you got to really, it's like going back to light buggy days, you know, you don't have the power to just whip it into a corner. You got to kind of, yeah, it, it's another big momentum game. Learn that momentum. Again. Um, you know, I carried a lot of that into super stock, you know, keeping your momentum is huge also, but you also had that low end power kind of pull you through some of that stuff for these trucks. You know, they definitely got some power when you get them wound up, but at the bottom end, you know, and then you're going back to uh, trying to learn three pedals again. You know, uh, you can't just stab on the brake if you want to. You got to you gotta grab a hand, foot full of clutch and then brake a little bit. <laughs> so there's so, a learning yeah, experience. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, but, you know, in practice at Antigo, I was very uncomfortable. I couldn't see my spotter. My communication wasn't working. And, you know, so Coleman and qualifying was a little bit rough, but then come the race Saturday, you know, I, I'm right back to where I'm feeling where my super stock, where I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in it now. And I think we'll be able to just keep going, striding forward more and more every time I get in it. So, Is there anyone like coaching you out there? Are you picking any individual where like, I know anyone has friends and pals that have been in the classes, but I mean, are you leaning on anyone going, Hey, you know, could you help me here and there? Or are you putting it all underneath your own feet? Um, driving wise, I'm taking some pointers from people that have worked with pro guys, you know, trying to, you know, if somebody gives me a pointer, you know, just try it out, see if it works for me. Um, otherwise, most of it's, you know, with setup and stuff like that, I lean on a few people, but other than that, I guess the driving is, basically my own hands my my spotter he basically just he's out there just to tell me who's around me and what's going on he's not uh he's not telling me where to drive how to drive or what anybody else is doing so uh that's the way it should be yeah it's uh it's pretty much on my on my own so so you actually have kind of the it seems like the right mix of experience and you touched on it a little bit you've you know you started out in light buggy and then you raced uh, two limited truck classes um, you're the only guy out of the four drivers in ProSpec right now with that uh, wide of a range of experience in off-road. Do you think that gives you a little bit of an advantage that you're able to draw on different experiences like that and put it all together in a new truck? Oh, for sure. You know, throughout my life, I've, you know, I started racing. I ran go-karts a couple of times when I was a kid, but nothing full-time. I was just with some friends that had stuff. Um, went to four-wheeler racing, you know, so you're getting uh experience with clutch and shifting there you know and then i went up to just a an automatic car 
uh, like Monte Carlo. So I went up to, or well, I suppose from the four wheeler, I went to uh, front wheel drive several tracks. So I was shifting clutch, so I learned it there. And then I went to street stock, which is automatic. So basically, I just put it in one gear and go. But then I went from you know three fifty back to the light buggy. So then you know that's where I had to learn the momentum thing again. You know, so I've driven, I've raced so many different things. So, you know, everybody was coming to me saying, oh, I was going to be disappointed, you know, leaving a V8 and going to V6. And, you know, I'm like, these people don't realize, yeah, there's, it's less than a hundred horsepower difference from my other truck. You're talking almost a thousand pounds lighter and you're taking away all the, you know, the, the turbo 400 eats up so much power, you know, we're running a manual. So the power to weight ratio is, is above and beyond what the super stock was so i mean it's it's totally you know people think it's gonna be slow and boring but dude i had a blast it's so much fun that's so cool to hear because i i had a lot of confidence in you going up i know there was a lot of people here saying going well you know it's not the same as super stock truck okay well you got to give guys a chance you know if they want to move up i mean more gratification to you dude because i'm giving you props what you did at anago showing everyone that you're there. I, I believed you were going to do that because you're a good driver. You're a great driver. You showed, I mean, super stock truck. You talk about that momentum. Hey, that's what it's all about. And I know it was just a matter of time for you to feel comfy. And I can't wait to see you at Cranon. I wish there was 12, 13 of those trucks. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if we get a few, I mean, yeah, people are going to say, oh, you got to win. There's only four trucks, you know. But we're all brand new. We're all pushing, you know, I was just happy to have a truck to finish the race under power at right. the end of the day. You know, it's still, you know, we got my first pro win. Yeah. It wasn't many trucks, but, um, we did it. And, uh, I can't wait for more to be out there, you know, to have some more battle and fun and, you know, and it's just, it's going to get better. We're all going to learn, learn a lot more about these trucks and hopefully get all our problems figured out and, uh, just have good battle. I mean, I mean, look at their lap times. We're tight. I mean, I look back at the replay. I mean, Gray was right on my butt the whole time. You know, right, I was just right. doing my best not to screw up. You know, these trucks are, uh, what do you want to say, bike happy. I was at uh, Lena for practice, and I learned that real fast. It almost Easy went to. south. But, yeah, you if you're not on the gas when you're coming in the corner, you know, you got to set them up and get them rear tires spinning. Otherwise, they're just they're coming over on you. <laughs> That power band, hey, you got to keep it in the power. Well, it's not even that. It's just, you know, if if you're off the gas, throwing it into a corner, it's going to catch and go. Right, so, no matter what. <laughs> they're so light, you know, and narrow. They're not going to slide, you know, and pitch out like a Pro 2 or something like that. You know, they they just want to bike. Hey, for the record, you said, um, you know, you're worried that people want to not value your win because there's only four trucks. Hey, that's not your fault. <laughs> you can only race against the people that show up and you beat everybody. So uh, yeah. don't, don't listen to those people. That's, that's the class's <laughs> issue, not yours. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we can uh, make it fun to watch and make people want to get in. I know I've had a lot of people talk to me, you know, a few of us had to make the jump, make the leap. And hopefully this class goes, I think it will. Sounds like there's some more being built and, uh, you know, hopefully we can just get a lot of interest in it. And uh, it's going to be a great class. You know, it's it's reasonable to get to, you know, and I think uh, the equipment's going to hold up. You know, you're not you're not running a, a motor that's strung right out to its limits and like a taking dime bomb, you know. Uh, these transmissions, too, you know, there's, it's gear to gear. 
as long as you shift smooth and aren't, you know, smacking gears, you know, you're, it's, the stuff's going to last, you know, yeah, same in the parts. Yeah. Well, I, I do you know, know of a, uh, I do know of a fifth driver who actually sent me a message and told me that um, he sold his existing race car. I don't, I don't know if he's uh, public with it yet, so I'm not going to say his name, but you, you may already know this, um, but there is another one on the way. He hopes to be out by the end of the year. So we should see five. And then there's a couple other that are, uh, as you know, kind of up in the air for this year, maybe the start of next year. So it's, it's growing and they're on the way. Well, yeah, for sure. Just like me last year, you know, we, we had this truck all of last season. We had it before the first race even was here. And uh, we were just, you know, wanting to see who else was going to be going, what it was going to turn out to be. You know, we, we took a gamble, got the truck, but, you know, we got one that was, you know, capable of running Pro-Lite. So we knew if, if things didn't work out, you know, we even left all the mounts in except for the engine mounts. I mean, if things don't go out or if we want to move up, this truck is inch and three-quarter. We can slap the Pro-Lite package back in it. And keep going so uh we didn't go for that light truck you know i was i'm way heavier than most of them but it's something you got to give up to you know i feel like you can drive it and make up for the few hundred pounds i am overweight compared <laughs> to the other trucks but do you miss super stock um i did it was pretty carnage pretty crazy to watch yeah it was definitely i did not miss racing anigo in the super stock last year that was probably <laughs> take it back that was probably one of my worst weekend performances I had in that truck for, you know, five years. And it just, you know, put me down for the entire year, you know, you know, coming off the year before where I think there was one or two races, I was off the podium and it was fourth and fifth. And then I haven't, it was either winning or I don't know where I was. That was somewhere back there. <laughs> it was yeah, tough. I'm trying to come. Yeah. It, it was tough to try to come back from that first wreck of a weekend, but. Blanger's doing good. Yeah, uh, he's definitely a wheel man. I know he's going to be, uh, I don't want to say, uh, hurting some feelings in super stock, but I know what it's all about, not being in the crowd. And uh, they don't like when you do good, especially right off the bat. But it's good to see it. Are there any other drivers in super stock now that you're uh, strictly a fan? Are there any other drivers that you still keep an eye on when you're uh, out in the stands watching? Or anybody that you root for or root against? <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't say rude against anybody, but you know, I, I did make a lot of, uh, friends in the class, you know, or maybe we're more friends now that I'm not there, you know, talk a little bit more, but it's pretty cool. You know, I still, you know, I was lining up for the first race and second race and they're all coming up and, you know, giving me props for moving up and couldn't wait to see what I was going to do. And, you know, even afterwards, you know, uh, just, uh, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but, you know, just like a mutual level of respect. Yeah. You know, it's not, it wasn't a fluke, you know, I'm, I'm there to, I, I ain't out here. I mean, I'm out here to have fun, but I am have fun when I'm winning. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, you're, I'm you're not out, out to here win. to waste money and to have, I'm not a week, weekend person that just likes to, you know, I'm just going to go out and race and have fun. and I'm going to go out and race, have fun and try to get some of my money back that I spent. <laughs> and you love to win. Nobody hates winning. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I, I like being up on there on the top of the box. So that's what I'm going to strive for every time. You know, nothing less. I'm not going out there to just do good. You know, I do good when I'm up towards the front. You know, that's how I feel. Hey, so not only, you know, obviously you're, you're fine. You had a ton of success in Superstock. You're already finding some success in Pro Spec. But 
Um, aside from being a racer, you're also raising a, a pretty good driver himself. What's it like? You know, how do you find that balance between um, supporting your son race and focusing on your own stuff? Oh, it's it's definitely tough. Uh, we basically went into this deal where this was my last shot or giving it my last kind of go. You know, if this pro thing doesn't work out, then basically it's it's kind of my out if it doesn't work. And then all eyes will be on him and hopefully get his brother into racing. Sometimes he's got an older brother that's 16 here. But, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. His uh, Thankfully, he doesn't direct too much on his truck to where it's pretty easy to upkeep now. And he's got enough years in it to where that we've kind of figured out what we have to do. Because, you know, my trucks are they're a lot of work, you know, to keep up, to, to be a front runner and contender for winning. There's no waxing in anything, you know, and we always started out just trying to get him to to be competitive and to finish in races and, you know, and just let it come to him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he had last year happen where he won a couple of races and on the podium now, now he's like, all right, let's get this thing going. And if he doesn't have a good race, he's upset. So then we got to figure out and stick the time into it. So now it's definitely getting harder because he's got that push to, to want to win too right and he understands he's a great little driver i mean do you guys go back and forth and talk at home like does he ask you questions about driving like entries and exits does he is he old enough right now where he cares about that or is he just out winging it uh, he he gets it a little bit at the track i wish he was more into it he definitely likes to we do it you know we got a track at home so he's riding a dirt bike or his four-wheeler um so I, you know, and this year going out, we had the track at home. I'm like, all right, we're not, we're going to, we're going to practice with this thing. And I said, I don't, we're not going to leave this track until you can hit every one of these corners without lifting the gas and out spinning out. So now, you know, it's getting to the point where now you're pushing them. Before I was just trying to get them to enjoy it. You know, you don't, you don't want to push them too far right away. But yeah, now it's, now it's all game on to where we're going to be pushing the, he wants to move up. And I said, well, you got to win the championship first. That's what I was told. And so we got to get him, uh, get him up there with, so he's competing all the time, you know, so he can be successful. Does he want to go to mod cart then? He does. Yep. He definitely wants to, but I mean, we got to think about, it. I mean, it seems like he's been racing a long time, but he just turned nine in March. So he's still <laughs> I know I'm young. not trying to push him. Sorry. <laughs> hey, he can so sit there for no, a couple I, years. I, I, <laughs> He's he's gonna be uh, as soon as this podcast comes out, race is gonna be bothering you. Like, Dad, Brent said it's time to move up. When are we doing it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, people have already. No, that's fine. People have already asked. You know, it's like thought about it. You know, it's it just you know it's it's a ton of money, a ton of time. You know, you try to add something else like that, and it's just and it takes away from your stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and we have limited help. You know, I got um, we're so busy. You know, I'm. Uh, a foreman on a dig crew for doing underground power and right now it's just two of us so it's not like i can take a whole lot of time away from work you know i have to be there i'm the lead guy my dad runs his own business and building and they're crazy busy so he's always busy you know and then uh uh my spotter he lives a couple hours away you know i've got one guy that's close to me that's uh pretty much helps me work on my my stuff all the time you know, when I need help, otherwise he's busy on his stuff too. So I don't have a lot, a whole lot of help other than that race weekend. So it basically comes down to me most of the time getting the stuff prepped and ready. So yeah, getting, having all that. 
Plus, I don't have a shop big enough to fit racer's truck in with mine, so I got to leave his in the trailer until I take mine out and put his in. Oh, he might give you a hard time about that as he gets older. Come on, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's tough, but, I mean, we just keep pushing. We just do with, do with what we have, and hopefully someday we'll make it a little bit bigger, but I'm hoping to at least get him up in the ranks, you know, throughout his days and see where it goes for me. Otherwise, uh, I'm pretty much happy with where I've gotten so far. Yeah, man, you're doing a stellar job, though. You and Race both, and Shane and I are so amazed on the driving talent that we have in our own sport but we love super stock truck i mean that's where our hearts are a lot of the time and to watch you come out of that i think guys listening to this podcast in super stock truck i mean granted we need to settle a lot of those guys down before they move up so you can save your bedsides but other than that i i think that if we get a handful of those guys to move up man we're talking 10, 12 trucks, that'd be a fun class to watch. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's the thing. A lot of those guys just need to settle down a little bit. You know, you can't, you can't win a race right off the bat. I mean, look at Nick Bank. I mean, he, he works his way through the race the whole way. You know? He does. And that didn't come from, you know, just getting in there right away. And a lot of these guys, they wreck their, bash their stuff up because they're pushing too hard at the beginning. And they're just, you keep, and trucks aren't made to withstand all that. You kind of got to, keep your truck together you know that's what i can't say i like to pick through and cruise out to the front but it's like once you get there i learned i would a lot of guys are like oh you got to help me out and you know how do how do i go fast i'm like go back and watch all the tapes you know we've got tapes from all these races you know watch what the top guys do they don't bonsai these jumps they're not throwing it way out in the loose crap in the no in these turns i said i these trucks you can't just there's a couple of them that can, but you can't just bonsai it off a jump and just flat foot. I mean, my truck was set up to where I couldn't hit big jumps very hard. You know, I had to brake check them, kind of short hop them, get that truck on the ground and back on. You know, they're not made to be just launching because the parts do not hold up. <laughs> yeah, and that's part of taking care of the truck in 90% of that class. I'm not being mean and cruel about it, but like as we watch it, as time goes on, I mean, it hasn't gotten any better from bark river last year yeah it was it's been last year was rough a lot a lot of money in those trucks they're not just stock trucks no more we gotta call them like pro stock because if you look underneath them nowadays they're crazy like they land very nice <laughs> yeah yep and there's there's a few things they could do and they to make them even better but then you know and people were always wanting to make them faster you know well we, let's do this to make them faster i'm like i'm sorry but you make these trucks any faster, the truck's not going to hold up. Right. They need to be, you know, right there. But there was a few things that could have been changed or we were trying a little bit here and there to make them land a little bit better just to hold up the equipment. But they wanted to keep it. I mean, it's been great racing for how many years straight. So is it, why go change rules? I mean, there's there's times where you kind of got to go to change rules. I mean, look how old most of them trucks are. I mean, mine was a 92 that's 20 years old <laughs> or 30, 30 years, years old. old. Sorry. <laughs> so, you know, it's hard to find a good one to start with, you know, so the rules do need to start allowing some of these new trucks in, but they're like Sam Jack's truck. You know, that one was so limited, you know, being a newer chassis and it's not even that new. Cause that one right now is 20 years old. That's but, crazy. Yeah. Something like, or maybe it's only 10 years old. Sorry. We're getting old. <laughs> yeah. And these trucks, they're, they're not getting any younger. That's for sure. 
<laughs> hey, Nick, so uh, looking ahead, Crandon, rounds three and four, like you said, that's your home track. Uh, you've had a lot of signature wins there. You've clinched two championships in super stock truck there, and you said you also tested there before this year. Uh, you have to be pretty optimistic that you can, uh, I guess, defend your home turf for uh, rounds three and four, right? Yeah, uh, I'm really excited to get on the track. Uh, I've seen on our schedule that we're scheduled for our own race, which I kind of figured maybe on a bigger track they would stick us in with Pro Light, which is tough because how do you showcase a new class when you throw them in with a class they look and they look identical? It's hard. So, I, you know, they need to stick to having our own race. Granted, there's only a few trucks, but I'm kind of guessing we'll be getting a short track, I would have to assume, which I don't really mind because I do like the short track as much as I, I do like the long track, but either way, I'll be happy to be out on Crandon with it and letting that thing eat and see uh, how fast she can go and show some people what they can do. Yeah, I mentioned that uh, you've had such great success at Crandon. Is that does the track just suit your driving style, or do you do you have some secrets figured out, or is it just familiarity with the track? What what leads to your success there? Uh, just familiarity, I guess. I've I mean, I've put a lot of laps down at Crandon. I mean, not testing or nothing, but you got to figure. I started racing off road in 2012, and there was a couple of years there we raced th- there three times or whatever. So I mean, I had a lot of laps there. I mean, I can literally close my eyes and just go through that track in my mind and know right where everything's at well Nick, that's flows. what we're doing at Crandon. get ready i'm gonna set you up yeah. buddy we're gonna do this <laughs> well i believe I you but that, i want to see it sitting here please it yeah yeah not quite <laughs> that good but um yeah i just i can't wait you know and in Crandon, it's it's a favorite of mine but it's not even my favorite i love bark river by far is my favorite track to race oh shane i'm heartbroken nick uh <laughs> i told you i love Crandon, but bark river is just i don't know there's something about bark river and looking back at last year i was leading and i lot i had an axle shoot out of my rear end housing somehow that that keeper plate on the end of the housing broke and i shot that axle out and that wrecked my streak of seven years in a row i won it one sunday at bark river jeez that's crazy that was my first win in stock truck, my first win in super stock, and I won every Sunday there, other than this last year. Well, I can see I don't what it was. Like <laughs> <laughs> and it was always something about Sunday. Saturday was not that great, but Sunday I could just, I don't know, get out there and just feel like I can just set sail and just go. It was, I had so much fun racing Wait. there and doing that. You know, Brent, if Bark River is so great, maybe someday they'll start giving out rings to their winners. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I shouldn't I shouldn't throw that kind of shade at Bark River because I love that place too. I'll give them a ring later. Don't I'm worry. I'm just I'm just standing up for uh standing up for my hometown track. Hey, we love them all, guys. We love them all. When we go to Bark River, Brent's gonna be handing out the ring pop on Sunday. <laughs> hey, that's about all I can afford. So. <laughs> hey, so to, to be successful at Crandon, being that it's such a wide open track, you know, it gets compared to like Talladega or Daytona. What kind of approach does it take to be successful there? Generally speaking, I'm not asking for secrets necessarily, but you know, what, what makes a driver fast at Crandon? Um, my biggest thing was last year, I finally nailed it like dead on. It was, it was always tough battle 
you know, sometimes guys will throw a bigger tire on for granted and leave the same gear or go up a gear and stay, you know, stay with a smaller tire. And last year I switched to the, at Bark River, I switched to the 16-inch wheels and tires because the 15s are no longer available. And uh, um, I ended up going to a taller gear than I, I have been running. And with them gears, it just, I never had a gearing so spot on to where usually you're, you're either dog and like your crana is one of those days where it's dried out and you know it's a little bit dusty then you need a ton of gearing and then some days you would leave that gearing in and there would be one of those days where we got a bunch of rain so that track gets pretty spongy well then it's just dragging you down so you're either like it was always seemed like i was either dragging down or we were coming into turn one on the chip for it seemed like 10 minutes you're not getting any more speed you know and last year it was you know, you're going down the back stretch to the back hairpin and the only time you'd hit, you know, you're hitting the chip just barely when you're lifting off them jumps. And then when you're coming around, coming into turn one, if you hit that chip right when you're entering that corner, you ain't going any faster because where, you know, where our tire speed, you know, our tire size and our chip is at, if you can get that down, then you got something. So like when you, when you sold the truck to Belanger, I mean, obviously you, told him what you run here and there. I mean, are you giving him the exact gearing that you had last year? Like at Cranon, say in the spring run, you're going to be like, do you explain other than him listening to the podcast? Do you explain to him like, Hey, it could be horrible. Like today. Don't feel bad. I probably told way too many people what I ran for gearing, but I was on, I had so many people come to me and you know, what are you doing here? What are you doing there? You know, I helped people out. I wasn't one of them people that said, get out of my pit. Don't look at my truck. You know, I, there were so many people that come and looked at my truck cause they wanted to build them or whatever. You know, Aaron holiday was a big one. He come and bought some stuff for me. And, um, he was always looking at the truck, trying to figure out what would work for suspension wise and which mine wasn't perfect, but it worked, you know, and it held together. It was strong enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I told Scott basically anything and everything that he needs to know because I want to see him be successful. I don't want to see him, you know, you pass off a truck like that. You want it to still show that it's good, you know. And it's just like, you know, um, Mitch Dore when he sold his truck to Ben. I mean, he bought a great piece, and now he's, you know, doing being very successful with it too, which it was so awesome seeing him at Andy go and go through that, that double like that. I had to go there and give him props. That was sweet. Yeah, he really, he sent it in there. He bonsaied it pretty well. And I mean, those trucks are capable of doing it, but you have to have the gajones to do it. <laughs> oh, right. For sure. I mean, I, in practice or qualifying, you know, you've seen all the pro lights wreck in practice and everything. <laughs> so every time it's like, every time we slow down and we come by, you just see this truck wadded up. It's like, I'm not doubling it. I'm not doing it. You know, because <laughs> if I do that, then I'm done for the year. You know, so it would be easy. And then we got to qualifying and, you know, like the second lap, I was going to do it. And I was like, no, couldn't do it. I brake checked it. And the third lap, my spotter's like, you have to do it now. And I was behind Gray and she did it. So I just didn't lift. And boy, that was like the most rewarding feeling going through that rhythm section, nice and smooth. And it was, it was, it was one of the cooler experiences I've had in a while driving truck. It just felt so, so that, good to do that. But after that, it probably just felt comfortable. Like the next lap, you're like, okay, let's hit it the same way. Oh yeah. You know, I'm doing, you know, there's a few times where it got a little bit hairy, you know, if you didn't come out of that chicane turn, you know, trying to tiptoe through there. So you weren't getting out in the fluff. So you get a good run at it. Cause we, our trucks were literally like just right. I mean, if you come out of there, 
it was wide open. You got off the jump, and as soon as you landed, wide open for the next one. There was no lifting. I mean, it was that was what it had, but it was just just enough. I know you mentioned this a little, uh, well, I guess at the start of our talk, but it, it kind of circled back again. You're talking about having like full confidence, knowing exactly what your truck can do or what it can't do. I think that's what's really exciting for us, for Brent and myself about ProSpec is that we're, we get to watch all four of you guys get that confidence. Uh, how, how close do you feel like you are to being 100% confident you know what the truck's going to do? Uh, I'm getting there. Um, like I said, uh, I've got to test, I got to test a little bit of Cran and we got to do a little bit at Lena and now we raced at Andy Grove. So, I mean, I got a little bit of all of it. And when we raced that early practice at Lena, it, you know, it got to basically like race service, you know, there was a lot of holes because there was a lot of trucks there. So you got to experience that. It wasn't just a pristine, nice, perfect track, you know, so I got to see what the track was going to be like in its worst. And so that's where I, you know, like I said, I learned how fast that thing can come up, come up on me. You know, I, I come in there and almost like I had a gut feeling like, Oh, this is where it's going to do it. And I was almost ready to turn in. All of a sudden, I was looking at the ground. I turned in just enough. Front rotated around me, and I was able to stop just in time and not smack the K-rail. But that's, you know, I was that learning experience. It was, you know, just close to having a yard sale. But now I know what the truck can do and how to handle it a little bit. You get that experience right away. And, man, just keep pushing forward and just keep learning each time you drive. Yeah, basically, you're almost redeveloping your driving instincts. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, but definitely uh, relearning a lot of stuff for sure. Is it coming a lot faster like in the super stock? I know you said it's horsepower difference, but weight ratio, the horsepower. I mean, do you feel like, oh boy, I'm really going a lot quicker than I was before? It does seem like it, you know, because the truck's so much smaller and it's it's getting there quick. You know, at first when you're taking off, it's kind of lugging a little bit, but once you get going, I mean, she's, they're screaming pretty good. You know, it's, it's totally a different feeling. It doesn't feel at all like you're going slow or like it's doggy. I mean, it was, they're going, I mean, it, I couldn't even imagine what, you know, now like what pro lights, those things are just crazy. Now think about it. <laughs> There's no wheelbase. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're just, I mean, you watch some of them guys, they're just running ragged. It's like, it's like, how do the trucks even hold up? You know, but I could see, you know, I'm, I was definitely at first missing the, the two speed shift just back and forth and just, you know, two foot in it and just the two pedals, but you know, I'm getting the hang of it and it's getting a lot more fun, you know, not being nervous of, you know, the first day I used to drive and it was, it was tough trying to figure out the first time I really drove anything was like, you know, the streak of your dog box. So, I mean, you can, I usually clutch it just because I like being easy on the equipment. But you don't have to. I mean, you can downshift, upshift, whatever, on the gas, off the gas, clutch, no clutch, it don't matter. That's so awesome. So it's like back in the day when they had the four bangers and stuff. I mean, those transmissions, they, they were, the, if you beat them, the better you beat them up, they worked better, you know? Yeah, but you also got to be careful with them because if you don't, you know, if you don't do something right, sure you know, enough. you're, you're nicking off a gear and then all of a sudden you're stuck and you're, you're either putting around in a couple gears you got left or, <laughs> that's it what, you know what was wrong with Easton sleepers truck did you find out like he just seemed like he wasn't even on pace at all it was something in the gearbox i think on sunday he only had first and second gear oh, okay, um okay. so i don't i don't know if he if it was something with a shift he missed and you know chipped a gear or what exactly happened but uh he did say he only had first and second gear 
So, Nick, uh, less than a week away, we're going to be at the big house. Uh, what's in store for Crandon and Visser Motorsports? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just I want to be consistent and learn and just, you know, drive good. I mean, I guess and keep the truck together. You know, and like I said, all our eggs are in this basket. So if something bad happens, who knows what, what the next step is. So, I, you know, I got to keep my equipment in good running shape because, like I said, it's all in it. So um, we got to be good. Uh, I got to be good. Just mind my P's and Q's and not get over my head with anything. Um, and then just, like I said, just keep learning, keep putting down fast lap times and just be consistent. I mean, that's the biggest thing I'll have to learn with this truck too. It may seem like I got consistent in corners, but it seems like I never quite hit that same mark all the time. And I really need to dial that in. And, uh, hopefully I can, the experience at Cranon, I can, uh, get enough time in this truck to where I can be that consistent in it. And be that comfortable because consistency will come with being comfortable. But, I mean, Shane and I love watching you come through the ranks, and we love watching race. He's just one bad little race car driver. I mean, he's so cool to watch. He's so smart. He he knows what to say at the right times, and we wish you the best of luck. And Shane and I can't wait to get the rest of the season going. Yeah, I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. It's a, it's a good opportunity, and uh... – can't wait to see you guys out of the track and can't wait to be there racing. So Sounds good, man. We really appreciate your time. We'll see you in about a week. All right. You guys take it easy, all right? Well, that'll just about be a wrap for this episode of the Champ Off-Road Podcast presented by Amsoil. This is episode five. We will have episode six coming before rounds three and four at Crandon, so look for that here in the coming days. But, hey, Crandon's only a week away. Absolutely, Shane. I'm so excited. I remember as a kid, you and I going up to the fence, checking things out. We get to be in the booth once again, and the big boys are in the house. A lot of great talent. We're going from a short track to the big track, the big house, the mecca of off-road racing. I cannot wait to get there, Shane. I'm right there with you, Brent. I am excited to go home. Well, that'll be a wrap for this episode of the Champ Off-Road Podcast presented by Amsoil. For Brent Smith, I am Shane Stetsny, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Champ Off-Road Podcast presented by Amsoil.